Barcelona, everyone. I just want to let you guys know that I have a. I can draw the form for you. that 
I really wrestle with and don't really know. Uh, I, I have no doubt that when I see Yeshua, all of that will become perfectly clear. But there's such depth here, and I simply want to encourage you to pray with me as we begin to look at this, that the Lord would open your eyes and give you what it is you need to hear and receive today from this particular portion. So let's pray. Lord, uh, we acknowledge that there's so many things in our life that are such a distraction that hinder us from pursuing a closer relationship, a closer walk with you. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that you're greater. You know us intimately, closely. You know what hinders us, and you're able to draw us. We ask, Lord God, above all, that we would be drawn into a closer, deeper understanding and relationship of who you are. And that will define our life. And that it would fill our screen. So we, I pray for each one of us that we would come away with a greater, more visible, more passionate understanding of what it means to know you. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You know, part of the challenge for me as a Messianic Jew uh, in reading this is the false glasses through which so many fellow believers have looked at these verses and have interpreted. So basically it goes something like this, and if you were here last Shabbat, you'll know somewhat what I'm talking about. It's as if Paul is saying, you know, I, I have all these impeccable credentials. Um, I was born a Hebrew of the Hebrews, which means I grew up in a family that spoke not only Greek and Latin and Aramaic, but we were Hebrew speakers. And I was from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, and I'm a Pharisee, you know. I, I, my father was a Pharisee. We were Torah observant Jews. And uh, I was very zealous for God. Uh, and all of that I consider garbage. Now, you want to say, hey, wait a minute. Did Paul actually say that? And the answer is no. He did not say that. Because where he said, I consider everything lost, I consider everything rubbish, or literally garbage, or dumb. We neglect the fact that that is half of the statement that he makes. In other words, he said, I consider everything lost for the sake of Messiah. I consider everything lost compared to the awesome, surpassing greatness of knowing Messiah. 
I consider everything done so that I may gain Messiah and be found in him. So here's the challenge for us, folks. When we read scripture, we have to read it in context. Because if we don't read it in context, we come away with a misunderstanding of what the Word of God is saying. I'll give you an example. Did you know that the Bible says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die? I'm serious. It says that. You, you don't believe me. First uh, Corinthians 15.32 The next part of that statement is, if there is no resurrection, then eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Minor point, right? And it's the same thing here. I consider everything done in comparison to how unbelievably great and awesome knowing Yeshua is. So is Paul minimizing his background, who he was as a Jew? Absolutely not! Because to do that would be to look at God and say, God, you made a piece of garbage. Right? Whoever it is that God has made you, Jew, Gentile, man, woman, whatever ethnic background you are, the Word of God tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're awesome creation. So, do you really want to say, Lord, uh, my identity as a Jew, my identity as a Gentile, my identity as a woman, my identity as a man is pure garbage? That would be a slap in God's face. So part of the issue for me as a young adult, and as I got a few more gray hairs, was to wrestle with this whole question of what is Paul saying here? Is he trashing his background? The answer, of course, is absolutely not. So, he talks about the circumcision. Was that garbage? No. Who commanded circumcision? God. Paul was zealous for the Torah. Who commanded the Torah? God. Who fashioned Paul as a Jew? God did. So, what is the problem that Paul is addressing here? as far as his background. It's the same problem, folks, that you and I have. If we put our confidence and our security in anything but God, then it is rubbish. Why? Because it just doesn't hold. It doesn't bear the freight. It was never designed to give us the security and confidence that only God can give us. So each one of us can fill in the blank with something else. You know, we're not Pharisee of the Pharisees here. But you can put something else about who you are and your background and what means a lot to you and your achievements and your success and the fact that people like you and so on and so forth. You can put all of that in there and say, that's where I put my security. That's what defines who I am. That's what makes me feel good about myself. 
And if that's where you are today, let me challenge you and encourage you to do what Paul says. Everything is rubbish in comparison. Nothing, folks, about who we are is significant enough to keep us secure and strong and sustain us unless God is in picture, unless God feels the screen. That's what Paul means by having confidence in the flesh. Now, as is the case with Paul, it also was the case with Yeshua. These guys are radical. You know, they make they make these radical statements. Why do they make radical statements? They make radical statements as shockers. You know, as okay, wake up! Uh, you're falling asleep here. Hello. Um, and that's that's what Paul is doing. So of course people walk away and say, Oh, you know, Paul, all this stuff is was garbage. So uh, he was born with the name of Saul, and Yeshua knocked him off the donkey, and bingo, he became Paul. Uh, I've actually heard that, folks. I'm serious. And that too is rubbish. Uh, because he was born with a couple of names. As is the case with Jewish men and women in this country. Joy's father, for example, was named Chaim. However, he was known as Harold because people, uh, boys were given the name of Chaim at their circumcision and naming. Then, of course, they had an English name so that People would not do to them what they've done to me for for some 50 years. Uh, what's the name again? Uh, so, in fact, in, in Acts 13, Luke actually tells us, and Saul, who was also known as Paul, did such and such. All that to say, folks. The issue for Paul wasn't that everything was garbage. The issue for Paul was that everything was everything about Yeshua was so superior and spectacular that everything else was nonsense. So is he putting his identity and his background down and saying it's trash? No. The emphasis is on Yeshua. And so the challenge for us is when you look at this and you replay the tapes, or whatever is the 21st century equivalent of that, then I want to encourage you to come back and say, what defines who I am? What gives me security? What makes me really feel good about who I am? And if Yeshua is kind of down on the list, you've got a problem, a serious problem. And so Paul is making that statement of, I want to know Yeshua and the power of his resurrection, his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You know, I, I, I kind of liked the first part 
the part of his resurrection. Because the word of God, if you understand it, connects the resurrection with the power that we have because the Spirit of God is alive and active in us. By the way, the Ruach HaKodesh is not an it. He is a person, whether you use the masculine, feminine, whatever. Um, power of the resurrection means that the Spirit of God is alive and well and active in doing things. That's the power of the resurrection. If Yeshua had died and stayed in the grave, you and I would have nothing with which to, to live for God. So, at this point, I get that. It, it, it took a number of decades. What it took me a long time to wrap my arms around is the next part. And I frankly would have wished that Paul had kept that out. I want to know Yeshua and the power of resurrection, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And you say, well, I don't know if I really want to know Yeshua's fellowship of suffering. And you say, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? It does not mean, as Rabbi David pointed out a, a few weeks ago, that life sometimes gets difficult. You know, you have a difficulty with the boss, and the boss says, uh, today's your last day. Or you have a problem with the spouse, the spouse walks out. You have a problem with your kids, your kids get rebellious, and on and on and on. That's not what he's talking about here. This is suffering that is specifically identified with who we are because of Yeshua. And in Paul's day, it was very clear. I mean, this, this guy was shackled 24-7. He didn't have to think long and hard about, about the fellowship of the suffering with Yeshua. By the way, the fellowship of suffering is kind of like we're part of Yeshua's club of sufferers. We're fellow sufferers with Yeshua. Again, it's one of those things we say, okay, Lord, um, I, I need some baby instructions here. But, but again, the short version is, earlier in Philippians, Paul says, it has been granted to us to suffer with Yeshua. Granted as like, that's a gift, and you go, okay God, are you sure you want to give me that gift? I will take some other gifts, but I don't know about that one. Um, but the short version, again, is that we cannot have the power of the resurrection unless we're willing to embrace Yeshua's suffering. Think about it. Yeshua had to die on, on, on the tree, then rise again. The power of the resurrection had to come after he went through all of that. And somehow, folks, and I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I enjoy suffering. It's like, I don't stand there and say to God, God, bring it on. Thank you for the suffering. You do good things with the suffering. Yes. Like everybody else who struggle. Lord, are you sure you want me to have to go through this? Um, 
It is a struggle. However, remember, folks, that God does remarkable things in our life through the suffering. Amen. Let me say that again. He does remarkable things in our life through the suffering. Amen. Why? Well, let me give an example. What are the lessons that you learn the best? Are they because you've been successful somewhere or because you've, you fell flat and you tushed in front of everybody and you said, okay, that was stupid, I'm not going to do that again. How many can relate to that? Okay. Um, those are the lessons that are the best taught and it's like that with our suffering. That the Lord works with us and we go through stuff and we struggle and we pull out what few hairs we have. And then we get the fact that the light bulb goes on and we get the fact that we're not alone. That the Lord has been walking with us. He's consistently at work with us. He's able to accomplish good things through the suffering, to, to make lemonade out of the lemons. And we have to embrace that. And part of the picture is that when we do, in fact, suffer for Yeshua's sake, in other words, people give us a bad time because they know we are disciples of Yeshua, then that's part of the picture, folks. Somehow God empowers us through those times to re remain strong and, and that's what Paul means when he says, I want to know Messiah. And unfortunately in our culture, often among fellow believers you have the nonsense of you, you follow Yeshua and, and it's like a ticket to the good life here. You pray certain prayer, uh, you do certain things, and, and God will bless you, better roses. I like to think that most of us believe that that's a flat, ugly lie. Um, but embracing all that God has for us, the good and the bad, is something that is difficult. And Paul says, I want to know Him. I want to know Yeshua. Why? Because He gets it. The surpassing greatness of knowing Yeshua. And it's like, you know, sometimes you, if you are a mountain climber, if you go to the mountain sometimes, and you look out over the, the vista, and it is absolutely breathtaking, a clear day. And, and you can look out for 60, 70, 80 miles, and it takes your breath away. That's kind of what Paul is talking about here, that knowing Yeshua takes his breath away. And yet, Paul isn't content. Now, again, remember, this guy 
is in his 60s, shackled in the land of his enemies. He is a hair away, not literally, but, but he's in the same vicinity as Crazy Nero. You know Crazy Nero?
then water the earth. And what that means is there's a part of our growth and spiritual maturity that to some extent depends on our heart, our willingness to grow and get to know the Lord. And yes, we excuse me, we can sit and and uh, be couch potatoes for one reason or another. But again, folks, to use a somewhat outrageous statement, couch potatoes never win the gold medal. And you know, sometimes we all go through dry spells. As you can imagine, I talk to folks in our mishpacha, and ever so often people say to me something like, you know, I'm going through a dry spell. Welcome to reality. We all go through dry spells for one reason or another. Many, many reasons. Life gets difficult. We pray and pray and pray and we don't seem to get answers. You know, my dear grandson uh, made a statement to me, Grandpa, God hears your prayers, but he doesn't hear my prayers. By the way, the, the uh, blue-haired young fellow that had been running around is now in the great country of Texas. And he just told me last uh, couple of days ago, please pray and ask people to pray that God would bring me closer to him. I said, yes! Why? Because that's where I want to go, folks. I don't know about you. I want to be like the model that Paul sets before us. I want to get closer and closer in my knowledge and growth and maturation. We assure this. I'm not content. I'm not content. I know there's so much spectacular stuff that comes down, the, down from the heavenly pipe to us as we know the Lord, as we get to know Him. And yes, sometimes life obscures that. You know, sometimes life comes and we can't see the Lord because all we can see is us and the difficulties that come and, and smack us. But Paul says, you know, I, I'm not content. Forgetting what lies behind. Yes, there are all kinds of stuff is behind me. And sometimes it's okay, periodically, briefly, to look back and say, okay, that was not good, but I'm moving ahead. The folks that really scare me, because I've been there, are the folks who like to sit there and cogitate and go over the, um, the videos from the past and try to edit them. An absolutely useless endeavor, an absolute useless waste of time. Forgetting the things that are behind. God can handle all of that. In fact, God uses our difficulties and our failures as He weaves things in our life. Amen. And so, it's God's business what went on before. I can't do anything about it, can I? Forgetting the things that are 
behind straining forward requires some effort. And no, it is not something I can do all by myself. God requires a basic involvement, basic engagement on our part. Pursue a closer relationship with who the Lord is. And, and let me just toss this out for you, regardless of where you are on the spiritual spectrum today. If you're someone who has been walking with the Lord and mature and growing, great. If you're someone who has yet to enter into a relationship with God, that can happen too. They're all baby steps that we take and requires a choice in our part. Paul, to come back to the phrase that he uses, the surpassing greatness of knowing Messiah. What does that mean? Well, I pondered that and the best I can come up with, and please bear with me, sort of like knowing Yeshua more closely, more fully is so spectacular it's like way beyond the ballpark it's like someone knocks a home run several blocks away again remember reality for Paul being shackled 24-7 an old man who experienced all kinds of difficulties and yes we go through dry spells and yes we go through times when our faith is wobbly there's no shame in saying that the shame is if we stay there if we feel like God doesn't know me and I'm going to try and Snow him and show him how strong my faith is. That's garbage. If our faith is wobbling, we simply come and say, Lord, my faith is wobbling. You know that. Would you please give me the faith that I need to trust you to press on? And it's a race. It's not a, a quick race, dash. it's a marathon, folks. The marathon of life. And I'll finish with a story from my, again, from my dim and distant past. We were, um, I was a, a runner back in my high school days, and I remember there was a park in, in the Bronx and uh, where we would have races. And there were a ton of people, maybe 300, 400 uh, athletes. And the gun went off and everybody raced forward. And then we came into a section of the course that was hilly, up and down, 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 up and down. And, down. and that's where a bunch of the guys died. Not literally. 
But they had expended so much energy in the beginning, they came, they didn't know how to pace themselves, they came to the hills and they petered out. And then finally, when you get through all of the, the hilly portion, you emerge to a section that was flat and then you can see the finish line. And that's basically where Paul is. And to one extent or another, we are in this. Sometimes we're in the hills, up and down, up and down, up and down. And we say, Lord, when is this ever going to finish? Or somehow we have a basic notion, okay, Lord, I see the finish line. It's nothing to imply that we're all getting ready to be beamed up instantly. But we have a f our, our focus is on Yeshua, getting to know Him more fully as, as, we, as, as we are today, as we are tomorrow, to grow in grace and knowledge of Him, because that's what life is about, folks. And yes, each of us has an identity, each of us has a name, each of us has a job, each of us is in relationships, and so on. However, underneath all that, what defines life, what needs to define life in our identity, is the presence of Yeshua found the screen. Take some time today as we pause for a few minutes to reflect on where the Lord is on your screen. Whether you can barely see Him or whether you can see Him you want to see more of Him. Make a determination today. I want to press forward. Father God, we thank you for the challenge of your word. We thank you, Lord God. You know each of us our circumstances. Thank you, Lord, that you know us as we are and you love us. with an everlasting love you lavish your love on us extravagantly I pray for each one of us Lord God to for that to bathe our thoughts pray Lord God that you would drive any lies about who you are from our mind and our emotion we pray Lord God that you would place within us Jesus, Lord God, today receive much honor and glory. We ask in Yeshua's name.